today. Oh, hi, guys. <laughs> it, what day is it? I don't know. It's the 31st? It's Friday, it's Friday, July Friday. 31st, 2009. Thank God. I'm so tired. Tomorrow I get my welfare check, so I'm excited about that. First of the month. Oh, my like God. Bone Thugs and Thorn Harmony. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, like, ODB, but he's dead, so I feel like that's a, kind of mean. I think several members of Bone Thugs and Harmony are dead, too. Really? Sarah, you should introduce me. These oh, people yeah. Are I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's partially so. my fault. I just started talking, so I, I should know better as a guest. My apologies. <laughs> Okay, so we have Ryan from Giant Bomb. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, a pleasure. I, I love coming and not knowing anything about uh, current comic books, but, uh, you know. Being com- educated? Comic Con, yeah, horribly uneducated on, on current comic books, but I, I do have a longstanding passion. I've got a you know, long box in the garage somewhere full of mm-hmm. comic books that are you know I paid way too much for are now worth nothing. I've got plenty of poly bags. Were any of them wrapped in, like, foil? No, no foil wrap. Right. No foil wraps, no gate folds. Uh, Death no- of Superman? Oh I sold that one. Oh, I turned, I turned, I turned that, that around because it was like at a point when it was worth money, and it was it was right there at that tipping point in the nineties. Yeah, was like everyone was kind of realizing that comic books as an investment is like a horrible thing that it's really not not worth it. So buying right. two copies of everything is like is, retarded. Uh-huh. Uh, also, it was second run; it was not first run. Hmm. But I was able to basically get like twenty bucks for it or something at the time, and you know I was fourteen or fifteen. And I'm like, good, so yes, that that's like, money. Great. Take it, and uh, you know. Oh, no no way to tell if, you know, what was actually going to be worth anything. So that's it's a dangerous game to play doing comics as investment. So uh, I, I got out of that. So if you have a Death of Superman comic at home, please don't sell it. Don't make 20 bucks. Well, how much are those worth now? Well, I mean, off the top of my head, I don't know. But but it's also that... like a crap story. Yeah, it doesn't it matter. It was horrible. Like, like as far as like, that's kind of the thing that I realized at a point was like trying to buy, trying to like, you know, speculate on comics as some sort of investment is a fool's errand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just need to buy what you like and, you know, the the books that you enjoy and, you know, the artists and the characters and the writers. And you Not... know, I kind of was able to get off that. But, you know, when I was you know, 13 through, you know, 15 or so. I just didn't know any better. And then I eventually kind of wised up and that's when sure. I Sure. I did the same thing, unfortunately, with baseball cards, which yeah. are a lot less fun to go back and look through. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like at least comics, you've you've always got the stories. But baseball card, you just, you got some dude's mug staring at you. <laughs> the only ones that I, the only books that I paid a premium for, and this was maybe like, Nine months after they'd come out, so they weren't like super expensive yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, Infinity Gauntlet, that yeah, whole, that whole run, Thanos, yeah, with with Thanos and, and oh Adam Warlock, gosh. and was Ramita was drawing all that stuff. I think so. I think it was yeah. Ramita Senior drawing all that stuff, like just like awesome crossover and just the great like apocalyptic the kind spoke. of crossover for yeah. everyone. It's like, man, I just watched Spider-Man die in like really gruesome way uh-huh. and then he turned all of Wolverine's bones into jelly and you watch him flop over. It's like, oh, this is gruesome <laughs> and messed up and like they're treating these these kind of, you know, stalwart Mar- Marvel heroes in ways that I would uh, n- never anticipate. So Crazy. Oh, yeah. We have Captain Cascader here, I'm here today. Again. Hello. Again. And um, G-Man's not here because he's on vacation. Because... Ugh. Because Comic Con, you guys, you yeah, guys were there. We were there, and it was crazy. It was crazy. Did you guys watch the videos? Maybe I, I watched a, a few of them. Uh, like a lot of the artist stuff, I'm like, I have no idea who that guy is. Uh-huh, so, so yeah, let's yeah, skip you're it. obviously super excited. And Tony's like tripping over his tongue trying to talk to the you know the guy who makes Madman. And I'm like, I don't. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> want, I didn't watch that one. He's gonna listen to this, and he's gonna be like, she never watches my videos. But I didn't watch that one. Was it funny? I watched it. It's just funny to see you know somebody like you can tell he's a Tony. Really big fan. Yeah. 
G-Man completely loves, you know, Madman. Mm-hmm. And it's very apparent. From the, the intro of the video, which is not an interview, it's just it's just G-Man buying, <laughs> like, prints. <laughs> I'll take that one, and I'll take that one. Oh, yeah, I need another one. Do you own any, uh, any prints? Do you own any comic book art? I don't have any comic book art. I've framed comic books before, not for just more for. I like comic books. I like art, and so I'll, I'll like this I'll do has that. a cover, but it has like nothing. Uh, like I've never done anything like super specific or bought you know like expensive comic stuff. Do yeah. you have any framed? Uh, I I have n- nothing framed. It's at my mom's house, and it's one of those things where it's uh, five pages. Maybe six pages of original art from, uh, I don't know if you guys know, uh, old Fantagraphics comics from the 80s and 90s. Uh, Peter Bagg was this this writer and artist who did this comic book called Hate that was super popular. It was, it was kind of like a grunge-like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Gen X-y kind of, <laughs> like any, anyone like Gen X will name drop Hate, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, like the one of the characters that that's based on first appeared in this comic they did in the eighties called Neat Stuff, mm-hmm. and I have the original art from his first appearance oh, wow. in my mom's house somewhere that I need to. That's like basically it's valuable enough that when I get it framed, I need to spend like five hundred bucks to get. Which it you framed. can now put in your new home. Yeah, yeah. Did which, you just buy a house? Yeah, the title deed got got recorded today. So as of as of this recording, I now own a house. So I'm I'm freaking yeah, the hell so out. So you're gonna listen to this later and be like, "This is when I bought a house." That That's, was that was the day. That's well, great. I, yeah, no, I'll, there are definitely there have been over the past two weeks or so, uh, you know, kind of a lot of key moments where it's like I'm gonna remember that forever because <laughs> that that was where I was when that happened. So. That's fantastic! Uh, Congratulations! Thank you, Sarah. Mm-hmm. I have to ask you a, a question: like, what's what's with the 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 naming convention on on Comic Vine and the the keeping of like the the persona names between like the podcast and the site. What, what do you mean? You mean like instead of calling me? Yeah, Sarah, instead of you being Sarah Babs. Yeah, going going with Batgirl Babs. You know what? I don't know. Um, <laughs> is, this, I don't is, this know. Better, is this a better Tony question? No, I mean no. I mean I think I think it's okay. I feel like to some certain extent, it kind of protects my privacy because I've had some weird experiences. Oh yeah. Where I, I mean, you know, I have weird experiences on a weekly basis, so I can only imagine for you that you know even stranger. Well, I mean, it's not that it's so weird. It's it's just sometimes it's cool um, to have. I mean, I'm not going to walk down the street as Sarah in a costume. You know what I mean? Sure, so sure. it's kind of like a public persona. At least that's how it I like to justify. Keep, it keep, keeps with the dressing. comic book theme. <laughs> Right, yeah. You know, your, your alter ego. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's my alter ego. And, and the, the stupid idea that we started is apparently continuing, meaning uh, I guess the original story was uh, uh, Ethan and I going to a Target and each having $50 to spend on a costume. And the yes. rule was that you could only pick clothing <laughs> from the little kids department right? <laughs> so that it would be extra tight. It worked. Yeah, it, it did. Worked. They, they came out okay. Like all, yeah, all the costuming stuff you guys did for for that original shoot is perfect. And Captain Cascader and Red Lamp were born. <laughs> so wait, where did he get the wig? Not at Target. The wig was actually his wife Alex's. Uh, was her old? Is it her old like clubbing wig? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm going with like red crazy afro. No, um, she was. Uh, I think it was like some Halloween costume or mm-hmm. something crazy, and so it just happened to be there. And the rest was uh, 
Uh, it was around Christmas time because we launched the site in December of 2006. 2006. So that's where my uh, sort of uh, elf-like uh, socks come from. <laughs> They're like Santa it wasn't Claus. Like, it wasn't like a, a Robin homage. No, it's just <laughs> yeah, it's just like here. Oh, all right, some red striped socks. I'm I'm going uh, for it. This works. It's funny. So can you tell me a little bit? I know you guys uh, at Giant Bomb went to E3, and that's a huge video game convention. It is, yes. It is the it's the big show. So based on you know the footage that you saw from San Diego Comic-Con, how does that differ from what you guys saw at E3? I, you know, I think it's a really interesting comparison because I think it's, you know, there's a huge amount of overlap. You know, a lot of games get shown at Comic-Con. Yeah. I, you know, I think the kind of the, the key, key difference between those two shows is that, you know, Comic-Con is open to the public while E3 is not. E3 is a, a trade event. Like, you mm-hmm. know, there's you know a lot of games there and a lot of people from the public would like to go there. But it's meant for, you know, members of the press. It's meant for developers and publishers to show off their stuff to, you know, buyers and, and uh, other industry parties. Mm-hmm. Um, which but, means you miss the craziness of Comic-Con. Which, uh, you know what, though? It's still pretty... Sweaty fanboys. It's still pretty crazy. Yeah, like, I, the, the thing that I always hear from Comic-Con is the smell. Well, so, yeah. So people always, like, uh, first day, day one, like, I'm watching my Twitter feed, and there's, you know, half a dozen people saying, here at Comic-Con, mm-hmm. and boy... Does it smell bad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can they can really feel feel that in their face. And I think it was it was okay this year. I mean, they they had the air conditioning on pretty pretty high. I was surprised that it wasn't so bad. I have no sense of like the size of the. It's it's at the San Diego San Diego Convention Center, right? Uh-huh. It, it, does it fill the whole thing? Literally, you can't walk. Yeah. When I was in New York and I was in costume. I mean, I wouldn't be able to walk because people were taking pictures. Now I couldn't walk in a Wonder Woman costume because just there was nowhere to walk. Yeah. You know, and so that was a little bit difficult. But Thursday was a good day. Friday, Saturday, and even Sunday, just forget about it. You can't move. The thing is, is that it's just so, such a huge event. And they only sell a certain number. And, I mean, if you have a friend that wants to go later, they can use your pass, mm-hmm. you know, to, to get in because they, they don't really check. Did it thin out, like, over the course of, like, you know, were people buying full? So, you know, like, the Saturday and Sunday it was less than the other days? Or? Sunday Sunday was a little bit less than Saturday, Friday and Saturday, but it, they, it really, they were just there all day long. I'm sorry, I zoned out for just half of that conversation. Did you mention, like, do we have any idea what the total attendance was for the show? No, I have no idea. No idea. Sorry, no. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just wondering. I should, like, I should know. Like, like ballpark. What really, that is. in the hundred thousands. Yeah. See, that's 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 like orders larger than than E3 would be. Like, and especially last year, they or in 2009, uh, the, the last E3 they had, they took it back to LA Convention Center. The two years previous, they had been kind of messing with the format and trying it in different venues, mm-hmm. and making a, a much smaller event. But this year, they kind of kicked it back up to what E3. Three years ago had been like, which was like sixty thousand people or something, Jeez. just like crazy. You know, I'm, I'm, I think that if they decided to expand E3 and allow, you know, just people to come, regular people, they could make so much money. Why don't they do that? Because you know they they want to make money selling those people the you know the sixty dollar games around mm-hmm. Christmas. Uh, you know, it's it's not it is it is a promotional thing. It is a look at how big video games thing is it's kind of you know a an industry posturing thing it's put on by the ESA which is basically you know the the industry uh you know kind of regulatory body they they run the ESRB the ratings board and everything so it's it's about kind of getting industry folks together could you imagine 
you know, maybe a game convention or something like E3. But, like, the big thing about Comic-Con is people are, like, selling stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's always selling. been a big thing about Comic-Con. Well, I mean, there are there are places, there are, you know, kind of uh, conventions that are filling those voids, stuff like PAX. PAX, mm-hmm. I think, kind of hits the same thing that, that Comic-Con does of it being kind of community-oriented and fan-oriented mm-hmm. and... You know, if you want to sell stuff, you can do that. And, uh, you know, if you want to just show off the games that you have coming out, you can do that as well. So it's – I think that kind of fits that, that Comic-Con thing a, a little bit better. Although the, the crazy thing about Comic-Con, it seems like, is how much non-comic stuff there is. Like all – it, it has – it's been this way, it seems like, for a few years now. Yeah, it, it was every, really bad. Kevin Smith will be there peddling something at it, some no, point. No, Twilight. It, it seems like it was just, every – it's, it seems like everyone kind of there, – there's this kind of agreement that Lost kind of poisoned the well on Comic-Con as far mm-hmm. as it not being like necessarily comic-focused anymore because that was like they they showed the, the Lost pilot for the first time at mm-hmm. Comic-Con. It got a big, really big response and so everyone else said, hey, we want to be Lost. So, you know, we're going to go in and kind of do the same thing. And debut at, at Comic-Con. Yeah. And you do have a lot of video games that debut at Comic-Con, not necessarily in San Diego. But I know that the DC Universe online game – was first playable at New York Comic Con. Yeah. In February. So I mean they do de- debut a lot of games. They do they do that sort of Did thing. Did it look so. fun? Did it look like something you would you don't necessarily play video games? No, I do actually. I like video games. Would you play DC online? Yeah, um maybe. I wouldn't play on my computer. <laughs> now, I would is, rather is it, play it on... Would it, would it be like the DC part specifically that would be the hook, or would it just be kind of the, the superhero vibe in general? I think probably just the, the DC superheroes. I would okay. love to so no have interest in a like playable a, Wonder Woman. No, no interest in... Well, you would not be able to actually play as Wonder Woman. That's the kind of the, the, the catch with mm-hmm. DC Universe Online is that those characters will be there. You will just be your own new mm-hmm. yeah. hero. Which so. is the big worry with all those games. It's, yeah. you well, know, the well, same thing as like Star Wars games if you can't be a Jedi. You know. Well, if, yeah, if you can't be Luke Skywalker or Han yeah, Solo. Right. Uh, but, you know, there are other superhero uh, MMOs out there like uh, you know, Champions Online is coming. City of Heroes is already out, which mm-hmm. being made by the same guys, Cryptic. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's... They're, they're, that, that kind of exists. And I know that at San Diego Comic-Con, you're, you're talking about video games mm-hmm. debuting there, uh, The Behemoth, who's kind of a little niche uh, indie developer, showed off their next game, which they still don't have a title for. It's still it's just The Behemoth number three. Um, they sh- that, that was playable for the first time at Comic-Con. So, you know, video games definitely are in, in effect there mm-hmm. with, with, without question. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Period. Period. Exclamation point. Ex- and double exclamation point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I broke this chair. Okay, go. No, no, that chair was already broken. Um, <laughs> I wanted to know, Sarah, what your favorite interview from Comic-Con was that that you conducted. Okay. Like, um, like who was the person that you talked to? And it's okay if it's Tyrese. It's yeah. really not. I totally though. understand if it's Tyrese. Superwoman. It's really not. One of that. Honestly, and I wasn't even there for that interview. I think like he interviewed himself, which is perfectly fine. I mean, oh, at least great. I got like, him on What were you going to ask Tyrese? Like, so what was it like working with Paul Walker on Fast and Furious? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, Paul's just a gentleman. He's a gentleman and a yeah, scholar. Yeah. He's great. Uh, it was a, and I got a, my, so much what fun. What was his book? What was the book? Mayhem. That mayhem. That's... My book, Mayhem. And you know what? So what do you I feel was... about Mayhem? Like, do you know, is that was that on your radar before Tyrese came up and started no. pimping his, his comic book? Absolutely Who's publishing not. that? Image Comics is publishing that. Nice. So 
He's got. He's that's, got that's, a real... I've heard. I've heard of that. Yeah. I've heard yeah. of him telling <laughs> me this. You know, it's not. I don't know. Is Valiant still around? Does that still exist? I don't think. I mean, they didn't have a booth there, from what I could see. Yeah. But okay. I don't think so. All right. Tony would know. I mean, G Man. <laughs> G Man would definitely know. No, but it's you know really... what? I bet Tony would know as well. <laughs> I bet both those guys probably know about the state of. <laughs> no, but I mean, I was looking through it, and it's so funny to like see Tyrese, you know, with two guns, dodging, I don't know, cars and. Is going it recognizable windows. as him in the book? Like, did you as, see? It looks exactly like him with, but he, they made him really, you know, hardcore with like this scar that goes down his face. So. Sure. He's tough. Yeah, because he's needed, you know, he's battling dudes. You got to yeah. have, like, some backstory. Like, how did he get that scar? <laughs> <laughs> You'll find that out in issue zero. Right, yeah. The oh, tinfoil edition. <laughs> A- Ashcan yeah. uh, mayhem. Uh, you still do those Ashcans? I don't know. Yeah. You got to talk to Jim Lee again, I saw. I did, briefly, before the DCU online panel, ah. um, that one. But I think my favorite one was probably Reggie Hudlin, who is a former executive at BET, and he wrote Black Panther from Marvel Comics. Oh, awesome. And that was, like, on the beach, 15 minutes, and it was a little bit more candid because, I mean, there's been a lot of controversy behind the way he was writing Iron Man and Black Panther and how there are some racial undertones um, in in that comic book series, so he he, uh-huh. he caught a lot of criticism for that. So you I got the full to... background too of the San Diego Beach line. I did. It was fantastic, and yeah. he has like the absolute best hotel I've ever seen in my life. It was just <laughs> crazy. <laughs> it was just gorgeous. So wait, so was it the actual content of the interview, or was it just also just the setting, or was it kind of a confluence of all these things? He chose the setting. He's like, let's do this on the beach. So you know, nice. we walked down to the beach. But I think that I was really looking forward to it, and it's something I had scheduled and and had anticipated for a very long time because he's one of my favorite writers. So that was cool. For I me. liked the Mark Wade one that you yeah, did. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. I, I just love Mark Wade. He, he's, he's really cool. You know, basically did like uh, – he was on Fantastic – I loved his Fantastic Four run for a little while. But um, I am just really excited about how excited he is about his job. <laughs> like he is one of those guys that you can just see is so excited and – must you you got him like right after a panel or something? Yeah, it was so he awesome. he had that high, oh, yeah, that you know, buzz from doing a like, good panel. Yeah, it's like I work in you know a job where like I sit in front of a computer most of my life, and then I get to talk to all these people, and they're excited about listening to me talk. And, and he, then yeah. he's got that high, and then he goes like right into a little interview and just chats it up. Now, I don't Love. know if you guys read Kingdom Come or not, but Mark Wade actually wrote that. Yep. And um, the guy that illustrated it was Alex Ross. And it's funny to see that these two great creators worked on the same comic book series. But Alex Ross has his own booth at Comic-Con, and he sits on a leather couch. And he's got, like, these huge, like, security guys, like, selling his shit. I mean, stuff. And... He, they're in like black suits and like sunglasses. It's just the weirdest thing. It's that's funny because like I, I feel like even if Alex Ross uh, had not kind of achieved the, the the fame and the success that he has, that for the the style of his art, like that would seem totally like if the first time he came out, <laughs> he was like sitting does. on a leather couch with you know big security guards with earpieces or whatever. Like yeah. oh yeah, that's that's what that guy does. <laughs> you know, just, yeah, it's like the Secret Service for yeah. Alex Ross, and yeah. he's got like his little coffee table and like flowers and this, but. Then you have Mark Wade, who's so in touch with the fans, and he's really excited about actually being there. That it's it's just an interesting contrast. What's, I don't know. What's what's the current? Yeah, what's what's the current 
uh, feel on on Alex Ross. I know that he was you know darling about ten years ago. I've never like I think he's good at the cover stuff. I I've always liked his stuff out. Like I like his comic work, but it's almost something that I don't want to see in comics. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I always feel it's too. His his style is so stylized that it it's more like while well, it is painting. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and I've never I've never felt comfortable with them outside of. Like cover work. Well, I feel like it, it, he, like Kingdom Kingdom Come. I think is like just the perfect summation of like where his work belongs. Like mm-hmm. you need to have some some story that is like so huge and yeah. crazy like that for it to justify. Really well written. Yeah, yeah. Too. Like like the the art is is you know it has a huge impact in that book, but also just the the writing and kind of the the character depth that they bring to everyone involved. It just mm-hmm. so much great so much great like moral gray to everyone. That that really makes that that book compelling because you know after that came out he basically you know Marvel basically hired Alex Ross to do the same thing for them and that shit was terrible yeah that stuff like I've got one yeah. of those at home like a, a trade of one of those at home it's like this is just just boring and just you know the the writing isn't good so it 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 really doesn't the the art doesn't have the same impact without that that quality writing so mm-hmm. no I totally agree with you and I I agree with you Dave <laughs> <laughs> I think that. I never really liked Alex Ross's work in comic books. Uh-huh. You know, I I like Jim Lee. You know, I mm-hmm. like the cartoony, like, steroid Batman. Right, you not know? the realistic sort right. of looking. Well, you not, want a line. You want, yeah. you want, like, that outline. Like, you want a silhouette I just like, think of a character. When you yeah. throw, like, a text bubble over Alex Ross's stuff, <laughs> like, it, no, it ruins his work. Uh-huh. Like, as I soon totally as that's there, mean. it's like, I. it doesn't seem, it seems like out. Like it's mm-hmm. like I'm seeing two different images. Like, like there a, should be like a little brass plaque. I mean, yeah, just painting and like that's yeah. where all of the text or, exists. Or just do it He's like, like that. the Norman Rockwell of. Yes, absolutely. Sure, that, that is a perfect way to describe it. Certainly. I mean, I don't know. I think you should. His work should be like uh, when Marvel did the. What was their uh, big run they did a couple years ago? Where well, not a big run, but where they just did that whole month where nobody spoke, like in all the comics. You're asking them Marvel did this like for did. for a month, and um, it was awesome. It sounds like a great Marvel stunt. It it, absolutely, yeah. The, there was no writing in it. Like they basically, I remember real specifically, there was a Daredevil story where it's like all he's doing is you know jumping around, having to deal. It's basically he's on a chase, and yeah. it's like trying to figure out the clues of the chase, and it's just his visual like. You know, finding it out, like what's what's going so on. So no internal monologue. To no, like, like he'd read documents, maybe. Like he'd see, you know, footsteps. Or so he'd, you're he'd, seeing what he's seeing. So if he picks up a piece of paper, you can read what he reads. They'd use that as like a device to sort of tell the story, but for the most part, it was not necessarily uh, like shown from the first person were, the yeah, entire time. Yeah, no bubbles, no. Uh, I, and I think Marvel wow. did it for the entire month or something a couple years ago. It was great. You know, I, I bet you know that's something that they try to do to like highlight. Like the the great art that they have in their mm-hmm. books or whatever, mm-hmm. but I bet that that was so much more like a, an incredible exercise for the writers. Oh yeah, that's what that's and all of them had you know like the scripts. Yeah, uh, at mm-hmm. least the Daredevil one did, and it's basically amazing that that's still written. You know, it's like someone still has to like story write these of, beats and yeah. figure out like right. hey, what is the structure. Yeah. You know, the the artist isn't just like yeah. here's Daredevil looking cool. <laughs> yeah, it was back in the Bendis run when he was working with mm. uh, Maloff. Alex, is it Maloff? I think Malev so. or something no, like yeah. that, yeah. But uh, just great stuff. I loved it. That's very cool. So, Dave, what was – so your your favorite was uh, the – Mark Wade. The Mark Wade uh, one. Mark Wade, of stuff you did, uh, the one that I loved was uh, – uh, I just love uh, – uh, why am I forgetting his name? Bender. 
Oh, John DiMaggio. John DiMaggio. Oh. I love You know what? He man. always wears that hat. That hat really? is like, so uh, 2008 uh, for E3, he does the voice of Marcus Phoenix, the main character yeah. in the Gears of War games. And he, you know, very, very popular, very prolific voice actor. Uh, and so he was at this Gears of War 2 party before that game had come out. Mm-hmm. And just kind of walking around and, you know, giant guy. Like, he is not a small man. Yeah. He's, he is a like a, a presence in the room. And he was walking around, and he had been drinking some. He, you know, he had, had a little bit of the, the sauce by the time we had gotten there, and he was like shouting at people. Like as he was walking by these stations of people playing the game, he was shouting at people in like the Marcus Phoenix voice, and just kind of <laughs> having a, a big, like ridiculous, gregarious time. And I stopped him. I'm like, I, I never do it. I, I'm always about like you know anyone, uh, anyone give of note, space. give yeah, anyone their space. Their space. Mm-hmm. Like you're just yeah. a dude. You're here on it. Like I'm here working. You're here working. Like it's we may be having fun, but you know let's let's it's let's keep work. it pro. But I'm like I I love this guy too much. I have to go and say, dude, I I love your work. And I actually end up talking about uh, his role as Steve Ballmer in uh, the, Pirates the Pirates of Silicon, Silicon Valley, Valley, which was a late oh '90s made-for-TV movie about. Uh, Steve Jobs from Apple and uh, Bill Gates from from Microsoft and like kind of their their rivalries through the eighties and uh, mm-hmm. he played Steve Ballmer who's you know executive at at Microsoft and that and he went off about that for a long time but he's a uh, he is a fun dude to talk to without mm-hmm. a doubt I was just so amazed that he he looked almost exactly the same in the interview that that you guys shot for Comic Con <laughs> just uh-huh. when we saw him just broke out into song that's what I love <laughs> so you like, guys so you guys watch Futurama. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. So Huge, huge, huge fan. So you know he's not coming back. I know that that's the current word. Uh, right. I, I, don't take, I don't take any of that as... It could just be pressure from the studio, just throwing it out to the news, you think? So, mm-hmm. so I'll, yeah, I guess let's provide backstory is that, uh, you know, for those who don't know, Futurama is scheduled to come back to TV as a regular series. Right. Uh, after they did that that DVD movie run, after you know they got canceled and then were on Comedy Central and all that, mm-hmm. um, and in Bring It Back, I guess there have been negotiation breakdowns with the voice actors. Voice actors want more money mm-hmm. than Fox wants to give up, and give. so Fox has put out you know casting calls for those parts and say, all right, well we'll just recast these parts. Um, this is something that Fox has done in the past, specifically with Matt Groening even. Uh, for The Simpsons at one point, sometime in the like late 90s, yep. they were uh, doing contract negotiations with the voice cast of The Simpsons. And they negotiations broke down and they said, all right, to hell with you guys. We're going to go and put out a call. And they put out a call for, for new voice Which actors. Which is for, a rid- as ridiculous an idea as it is for Futurama. Well, uh, more so because, yeah. you know, Simpsons yeah. was popular. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this was they're not of, making direct-to-DVD video. Uh, no, no. They're, they're making, you know, huge Simpsons theatrical. Money. Simpsons money. Yeah, they got, yeah. They got you know, there is no Japanese voice for Bender, I yeah. imagine. <laughs> you know, like there is for, for Homer. <laughs> that, that doesn't exist. Uh, so I understand that that, you know, so, so they're recasting it. I don't, I, I feel like they will either find some common ground, they, they will they will negotiate with uh, the existing voice cast, mm-hmm. or they will not do it. You think they wouldn't, they wouldn't do the because, I don't think the fans would. Because, I don't, yeah, happen. I think that the people that have made Futurama popular enough. That and brought cons- it back. That they would consider bringing it back like this. The, the, that audience is so 
fickle about that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. so loyal and it's like I you know I know this character and I know him because of their voice if you change the voice actor no, and, and, but that's so true because I mean I used to watch Batman the animated series and then when they switched over to a different Batman cartoon I couldn't get Kevin Conroy's like, yeah, voice Kevin Conroy right out of my my head like yeah. I'm totally he and seemed I couldn't like watch a sweetheart too Oh my god, I was yeah. totally fangirling. <laughs> <laughs> like I used to dream about this man, his voice. <laughs> and now you've got to see, so what was it like meeting the man behind the voice? He's a nice guy, uh-huh. but it's just really weird to look at him and hear him talk because I'm seeing like this cartoon Bruce Wayne. You know what I mean? Sure. Is that a weird? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You associate like there's a, yeah. an image yeah. and, that you associate with the voice, then you're hearing the voice like that's who are you? Exactly. Where's, where's Bruce yeah, Bruce? it was just Where John strange. DiMaggio? Or did not John Mark Hamill? Yeah, Mark Hamill, sure. I thought that's where you're going. Uh, no, but like uh, DiMaggio to me, like his voice looks like the man. Oh, sure. Like, like when he just, talks, you're, yeah. like, you're like, oh, I'm not yeah. surprised that that's, that's, yeah. that's you. Yeah. It's big, crazy yeah. dude. Um, th- so, yeah, I think that that trying to bring that show back without the original voice cast would fail. Be, and, yeah, and you know, I, I get that Fox is, you know, everyone is in a financial pinch right now, and I think the only way that they would be able to make, you know, a return to Futurama as a series work is if they could really do it on the cheap. Mm-hmm. And if they can't do that for, you know, if, if having the cast being paid as much as they want or, you know, as much as they need or whatever can't make that happen, then... I think they need to scrap the whole thing because spending any more money without that cast and trying to make that show go, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think it's that's going to happen. Yeah, foolish. it won't work. That would just that would be a greater waste of money than than any other possible scenario. Like they should just scrap it. Yeah, absolutely. Have you guys been watching any? Have you guys watched the the Futurama movies? I've watched the Futurama movies. I've been a little bit disappointed in them. They haven't been great. Yeah, the only one I liked was the uh, the what was the D and D inspired one. Oh. Uh, was that Wild Green Yonder? No, I it had some. I thought it had a D and D thing in its name. I but, have uh, never watched Futurama. I'm not really? gonna lie. Yeah, I've never. But I don't really watch that much TV. So I, it's one of those things you gotta like. You gotta get hooked into, and it's it's also yeah. one of those things where it, it's so layered, and they have like they do so deep on the yeah. callbacks. Like there will be they will set up stuff in season one that and this this is actually really funny to me because mm-hmm. before Futurama launched they had a big article about Futurama with the, talking to uh, David X. Cohen the producer and, and, and Matt Groening and them talking before the, the show came out that you know we're setting up uh, jokes and plot points now that aren't going to pay off until the fourth season mm-hmm. and I'm like oh balderdash they, there's no way they're just talking out their asses that's, that's, that's not even happening mm-hmm. but sure enough like there is totally stuff in, the, in like the last episode mm-hmm. that ties back into the first episode that's like wow they they really did think all that so stuff. So it's through. like a really long episode of Seinfeld. Yes, it's it's a uh, it's I referential. Mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's highly self-referential, and so like it, you, you, when you first watch one episode, it's like, well, that's not so funny. But yep. then when you watch like you get used a season, it. then it's like the, the way a character will call back to previous jokes that they made, or you know. That the stuff is kind of it, it aggregates and it accumulates and mm-hmm. it, uh, it it gets it gets funnier the more you watch it. So, uh, but I think the problem with the movies is that like the their storytelling style and their stories are great for twenty two minutes, mm-hmm. but trying to make it like you know uh, eighty or ninety yeah. story, like yeah. like the their story concepts don't really don't really they last don't tra- that long. Transition well no. as a film. 
I can understand that. There is something that I actually like, n- not to move away but from Futurama, but to move away from Futurama. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> I was going um, to ask if you went to the, the panel for Futurama. I did not. Okay. No. Because I understand that that was extremely awkward because it was just... Really? Well, because it was just Matt Groening. It was just the writing staff because oh. because none of the voice actors are technically working on Futurama. Oh, wow. They can't they represent can't, it. They can't go there and be on the panel. That's so, so the fact weird. that John DiMaggio was there is, you know, it makes sense. He would he would totally need to be there. Uh-huh. But he was like, it was just the writing staff that was there, and wow. they were kind of trying to be like saying, "Hey, we know that this stuff is going on, and this is less than ideal." But, uh, but it's, it's out still, of our control. Sort but of? yeah, it's it's you know, it's above their pay grade to right. a certain degree. Uh, it's out of their hands. No, I I had no idea. Do they like who was the moderator? Was it just like, did that make it even more awkward or was that just... I don't know how they moderated it, but I do know that it was it was none of the voice cast. It was just mm-hmm. the, the writing staff and, you know, they kind of had to say, like they kind of, they acknowledged that, hey, there's this thing going on with the voice cast, but they yeah. couldn't really talk about it. So like, you know, people would ask, like, we can't really talk about that. Mm-hmm. So I think that just, just kind of... What's the point in having a panel? It's, well, it's, you know... They, those guys, the writers, are still working on the show. Like right. they have been writing on, I'm sure, episodes and you know trying to get stuff going because you know the voice cast has to show up for a couple days. The writing staff has to grind on this stuff for a lot for longer. A long so, mm-hmm. so those people are are all in. So they still have things to say about you know what's happening with Futurama from their perspective, from the story perspective, from the character perspective. But you know they 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 have that huge X factor of not knowing who the voice Who's, cast is going to yeah. be. So well, that kind of sucks. But that is all I have to say about Futurama, and I will stop hijacking. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I know that there's a lot of you know crossover between comic books and movies and comic books and video games. And I feel like the transition from comic books to video games is a little bit better than video games to comic books. So, I mean, it's it's rare to see. And you do see, like, Mortal Kombat does, you know, fight DC characters. Is it DC characters? Yeah, I don't it is. Even, MK yeah. versus DC. That's a game. But, I mean... I feel like it doesn't it doesn't occur as often, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Are you talking about just like necessarily like straight up crossover? You're talking about like a Spider-Man video game versus a Gears of War comic book? Exactly. Okay. I mean, there, some of that stuff does happen. There is a Gears of War comic book. I know mm-hmm. there's also there's a World a dead, of Warcraft. There's a Dead Space one. There's a Dead Space one. There's a yeah. Halo one. Like some of the big ones, they still get that. But I feel like a lot of that stuff still kind of gets treated. I, that that stuff gets treated the same way that video games get treated by most movie tie-ins, where it's all it really is is another kind of marketing bauble. It's just another thing to say that, you know, Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen is coming out, and we've got a Activision's working on a big video game that's going to release day and date with it. Like it's mm-hmm. it's just another thing to say that well, this is how big and crazy an event this is going to be a tentpole thing. Like that's that's all it really means to them. We'll make our five cents here, our ten cents there, and. You know. it, it doesn't even like yeah. they know they'll make some money because video games. You know that's it's a good way to make money, mm-hmm. especially when you have a name that you can slap on whatever game it is you're producing and say, "All right, here it is. It's Transformers. Buy it. You know, sixty bucks. Let's go." <laughs> uh, but I feel like that is kind of the way that video games treat the comic book medium as far as like taking their characters over. It's like they. I don't know that there's a lot of people in the you know at the publishers and the developers that. You know, really think, oh man, you know, we we can really tell the story so much better in, in, a, in a comic book format, uh-huh. or you know, we can get but to get to I, more we did people. Get a little bit of that with Tomb Raider, though. 
Was there some Tomb Raider comic stuff? There was, yeah. I think Top Cow did did it. And then they did like a Witchblade kind of a crossover thing with Tomb Raider. And that actually was pretty successful when Michael Turner was, was drawing it. But I don't know. I, I feel like you could tell a really good story. I mean, like, what is it called? Heavenly Sword? Yeah, that's that's the name of the game. That's the name of the game. I don't know. I mean, I feel I feel like you could you could tell a good story, you know, her story in in a comic book medium. I don't know why it doesn't happen as often. If they treated it less as, you know, just another way to make some money. I just think it's hard with I mean, both the mediums are are not necessarily always known for their stories. Certainly. Like uh, you know, I look at, you know, comic books, I look at uh video games and I love both and I consume a whole lot of both mm-hmm. but at the end of the day i like like i really enjoy a small percentage of, of of both of them and i think that coming out like there's you know just uh, especially with comic books i i think there are awesome stories to be told in in, in comics but i think that it happens so rarely mm-hmm. that like it's it's very hard i, I think the same thing happens to video games to a lesser degree yeah. where it's like it's you know just reading you know seeing a good story in a video game is just as rare as you know seeing a a good story in a comic book i, I think it's much rarer i think that comic books are so much more conducive to you know telling a story because you know with a video game the the key draw, regardless of how you you know you want you want to paint it, the key draw is always some level of interactivity. Mm-hmm. So you always have to try and you know establish your your characters or tell your story in the margins of that. You you have to like figure out some way to integrate it into that because it it always has to come back to that interactivity. Because if you don't have that, then it's not really a video game anymore. Right. It's you know that that's that interactivity is is so critical to it. And so I think that with comic books, you have much more of a, a venue for a character establishment and and for uh, you know storytelling. I think the issue with trying to bring video games to either of those is that because that storytelling is so peripheral and in character you know that, that that kind of stuff is so not central to most of the video game process that there's not enough character or there's just not enough story to, to really flesh tell. that out. It's uh-huh. like whenever you go see. Uh, whenever there's a video game that gets translated into a movie, some screenwriter has to come and you know Make just fill in story. a bunch of backstory yeah. and figure out like, well, there's not enough here for a movie. What do I? What you know? What have to add? What Hollywood cliche do I have to put in here to fill in the space? Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing from the the video game to establish that. Obviously, there are plenty of exceptions, and a lot of the, the video game movies have source material that would work better than the the films have necessarily turned out. But I, I definitely think that's still symptomatic of that. Do you think that they're replacing comic books in a sense? I mean, the evolution of video games and the new generation. Do you Just because they target the same audience? I, yeah. So you think comic books are the industry dying, dying to mm-hmm. the benefit of video, video games? games and technology? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I I think, I, I think comic, they're going after the same dollar. Yeah, I, I think comic books over, you know, definitely since, jeez, uh, you know, the last 20 years or so. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, comic books have, for the most part, become a medium to get films out the door. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the, the money-making business, you know, DC is owned by Marvel. Or, uh, sorry, DC Warner is owned Brothers. by Warner Brothers. Yeah. And, you know, that's... For a very specific reason, like, you know, they're going to keep those brands going as comic books and there's still going to be extremely passionate people that like work in that medium. But 
Warner doesn't own you know DC Comics to be a, a comic company. They own them right. to be uh, you know a clearinghouse for franchises, and they've done a they've done a great job of that. And not only just you know the the Batman's of the worlds and things like that, but they're also you know through Vertigo and you know these other subsidiaries mm-hmm. getting these you know smaller sort of graphic novel style. Uh, uh, movies that you know sort of come out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know your doing, thirty days of nights and doing and yeah. things like Jonah, that. Jonah Hex. Yeah, Jonah Hex is coming Jonah out Hex. with uh, Sarah F- uh, Fox, Megan Fox, Megan, Megan Fox, Fox, and Sarah Josh Fox. Brolin, and Josh Brolin. Man, that's, that's, not, that's a not, weird combo. Yeah, you know, I, I think really that's. Cool. I think it's. I think it's great casting for Jonah Hex. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She's only in it for like two seconds. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. But I mean, you're right. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I, you do see. I we have been seeing a lot more um, graphic novels being turned into films, and I I don't know. I'm I'm kind of afraid that the industry is is kind of. I think there'll done. always be people that are really excited about comic books. Mm-hmm. I think there will always be people who are really excited about making comic books, and I think as long as those people, you know, as long as you have the Bendises of the world that are out there, just like. Truly, you know, as much as people like hate Bendis and stuff, the guy definitely has like a vision for what. Who hates Bendis? A lot of people hate Bendis. Go on Comic Vine, man. There are huge amounts of Bendis uh, haters. Haters. But it's, you know, because. He doesn't think before he speaks, though, a lot of the time. Okay. He's a controversial figure. I've never. A little bit. I don't have any, like. Bad the quotes the only my problem I have with the comic stuff that's going on right now is I, I think that, like, Civil War was so well done and so popular mm-hmm. that you have, you know, all these side giant arcs that are happening. Yeah. Uh, 52 I wasn't a big fan of at, yeah. on the DC side. Think- Dark Reign and, all you know, all these new ones. It's like there's – and the King Saga. You know, there's just so many of them at this point that, like, it makes there's it really no hard to keep up with. Yeah. There's no break either, um, at least right now. I mean, I feel like in, in the past, like in the early 90s, you had – less of these huge story arcs, especially with Marvel. You had, you know, um, like Uncanny X-Men and, and these really great stories. Your Executioner's Saga or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. These things that were mutant specific. And when they but, took them out, like they made Infinity Gauntlet, which is like a little, you know, short, you know, little story, but it's completely outside. It's its own comic book and not like we're going to wrap the Infinity Gauntlet into like Twelve different books that are already yeah. out. There. Well, then they, but then they did do that because then they had you know Infinity War and yeah. like then they started. They said, well, Infinity Gauntlet worked really well, and we you know sprinkled little bits of that story into some of the other books. But then they said, well, we can you know get people to buy more and more of these books more, that they don't yeah. normally buy, and I totally got yeah. suckered into that. But, that and it game. works, and that's why they do it. Yeah. And I use this as an example a lot, and I don't know if you guys read it. But um, you had Batman R.I.P., which is the story of, you know, Bruce Wayne's death. But it's kind of a metaphorical story. But they actually brought that into Final Crisis, which was this ongoing story arc that DC had, you know, going on. So story arc within a story arc. Right. So story arc within a story arc. And then you have like two pages of Batman out of nowhere. And it's just so confusing. And if you hadn't been reading R.I.P., you wouldn't understand it. So it just... I feel like maybe there's just too much, and they need a break. You know, it's story arc after story arc. You had 52, then you had... I think the comic industry would do much better if there were less comic books. Yeah. Like, just less of them out there. Well, you know what? Marvel does put out way too many, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. And I I feel like a lot less... Like, there's not a lot of thought that goes into I think DC does it, too, though. I mean, like, how many Batman books are out right now? Well... 
There's probably there's probably yeah. just three dedicated Batman ones, like just for Batman. And I read all of them. Yeah, I know, and and so did I. And you, you you know you go through those things where it's like you know I really fall in love with the character, but then you realize like at the end of the day, you're you have forty books you're buying a month. Yeah, and they're just milking this one yeah, story of exactly. you know dead Batman. I th- I th- Sarah, I think you bring up the the great point of of you know you need a break. Like I, I realized during uh, like the. The, the Planet Hulk stuff from Marvel. <laughs> like, that was supposed to be a summer event, right? Yeah. And, I, and I'm all for the summer event idea of, you know, let's block out three months out of the year and let's have this, you know, big global thing that affects all different characters. Whether it has, you know, residual effects down the, the road one way or another, I, I don't think is necessarily as significant. But, you know, let's, let's bring the whole family together and everyone's going to fight and cross over. And, you know, that can be a, a whole lot of fun. But, like, Planet Hulk went until December, like it, uh-huh. it went, it was yeah. it was like a nine month thing, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. dude, I can't keep up with yeah. you. Like that's, yeah, like you're saying, it's like forty books a month, and that just stacks and stacks for for month over month. Like I can't, I can't sustain that. And then the like they lose because then mm-hmm. I don't know how it ends because I stop. Yeah, caring. and then, and then it's really up. hard to like reread or something because you yeah. can't even remember. Like how do you, you know? That's why I like, start? yeah, I just love like the one off trades. That's why I've kind of become more of a trade person because mm-hmm. it's like, man, I can just pick up like. You know, I remember. I think the realization when I when I made the switch of being like a comic person that bought you know comics every single week to a trade person was when Red Sun came out for um, the Superman, right? Uh-huh. Which was you know the story of basically like what if Superman's spaceship, not space, asteroid, had landed in uh, Soviet Russia. Like what you know what if type story? I never read that. Oh, oh it's awesome! One. It's really? so good, and uh, it's basically you know. Um, you know, twelve issue little story arc, and it's awesome. And it has nothing to do with like main crazy plot lines. It's just kind of those what if stories that really tell like a succinct story, just over you know a, a couple issues. And that's why I love trades because I can just pick up a, an entire trade set, or just you know a lot of times just one of those twelve issue books, and be set. Like I get a really good like experience out of it, and I don't need to worry about like oh what's coming next or how do I how am I going to keep up with this and all that kind of craziness. I feel like if they did less story arcs, I mean, they could obviously have this um, effect on on a wider audience. You know, yeah. they could target a lot more people if you don't have to know what happened in 52 in order to understand what's going on in Final Crisis. But right now they're targeting the individuals, uh, like their hardcore crazy users who mm-hmm. they, they know are going to be are going to buy like 40 books. And the question is, like, which one works better for them? Targeting and, the crazies or targeting, you know... And that, like, their their big loss, ultimately, though, is, like, when these things get so, like, widespread and convoluted, mm-hmm. like, I, I know that, you know, I'm, you know, three feet below water, that my only option is to, like, go to Comic Vine and, like, read about these story arcs. Like, yeah. I can't... I, like, so much is scattered to the wind on all these different books. Like, the only way that I'm going to be able to make heads or tails of what the hell is going on in all of this is not going to be to buy comic books. It's going to be to read about the core information that happened because otherwise it's just too much data for me to, yeah, to, just, to like, consume. you know... Yeah, to consume and to sift through and, and to make sense of. So it's easier just to get... Let me get the Reader's Digest version and just know what's happening and then maybe at that point I stand a chance of, of uh, you know slipping into things and what kind of sucks is that when you have a com- company and I'm, I'm going to use Marvel as, as an example because they do release them um the most books per week you have Marvel you know releasing 30 books on 
on Wednesday, how are you going to get to, you know, Vertigo titles or, you know, the, the Archaea or, you know, these great, great books that are, you know, independent label books, but you might never even see them if you go to your local comic book store. But that's why I've fallen in love with like Vertigo over the years. It's like, man, I can just, I can read a hundred bullets and it's the only book that's about a hundred bullets. Yeah. <laughs> and I just need, that's all I need to know to buy. And I don't need to worry about like craziness going on as much as There's I not, love. Not a lot of little asterisks at the yeah. end of, of sentences uh-huh. saying, see, it's spectacular yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. Exactly. Next issue in like a completely <laughs> different book. And, or, and, or the reference stuff that in a book that hasn't even been yeah. published yet is yeah. the most like infuriating. Or I read like, you know, not top tier characters. Like my favorite uh, Marvel guy is Daredevil. And mm-hmm. it's mostly been for the same reason. It's like, well, uh, you know, he's got the anti-hero thing, which I like too. But mostly it's just I know I can read. You can almost read through Daredevil from – you know, the beginning stuff through the Frank Miller stuff to the Kevin Smith stuff to mm-hmm. the Bendis stuff, uh, you know, and, and to the modern stuff now. And you can read it as a story. And mm-hmm. you can't really do that with Spider-Man or Batman. Yeah. You, there's just too many books. No, because Daredevil will occasionally pop up in one of these other stories. Yeah, but, but he's always just like, hey, I'm Daredevil. Yeah, I and he's always you. the yeah. minor <laughs> character. Because nobody's <laughs> going to use, like, Daredevil as the the major character of, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, that's funny. What if they did? What if, like, the next Marvel summer, summer event just revolved around Daredevil. Yeah, he gets he, he or like Moon Knight. What if Moon, Moon Knight, Knight. Oh, was, yeah. was the just the Marvel character. just the Marvel Knights crew, yeah, like the just, Punisher? We'll just get like like some yeah B Team Marvel like Luke Cage is now B Team, <laughs> just like B Team. It's like A Team instead. No, it'd have to be like M Team. M Team. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that'd be sure. like Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Magneto and and uh, all the Marvel characters that start with M <laughs> have, have disappeared from the Marvel universe, and we don't know why. Magneto. I don't know how yeah. many else. Uh, Mysterio is no longer hey, there. That's a good Perfect. one. There you go. <laughs> uh, okay. Do you want to do the question? Do you want to try the question? I don't know, how much time do you? What's what's your usual running time on these things? Any ideas? Do your question. We'll do our question. We'll wrap it up. Why don't we just wrap it up? Because like I don't even know the answer. Oh, to the but question. see, people now want they the want the question. People are if people be like, wanted the question, they'd be sending in questions. Where do you, where do you have questions go? Well, I let's, have let's like talk about my this. PM box right now is I think it's we're at two hundred and seventeen PMs. So I I mean amongst those I have like lots of questions, and some of them are you know who would win in a fight, Batman or Nightwing. You know, which is obviously something that can be put in a battle thread. Like, I don't know why they're asking me this question. Batman is the answer. <laughs> Batman, I think Batman it's easy. Batman is the answer. Like Batman. Well, I guess my question is, I, I again, so out of touch with with DC currently. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't even know who who is Batman and who is Nightwing at this. Like, who's playing those roles? So, so, like, I mean, Nightwing is uh, the former Robin. So Dick Grayson. So Dick Grayson is he? I thought Dick Grayson became Batman. There's no Nightwing right now no. because he's. Pretending to, you know, okay, so, be him. So there is technically, so no one, no one stepped into Nightwing for him, it right? Like, thank God, because Nightwing's such a <laughs> lame character. But, but I don't, so, so you know what? Really you know what? The well, step up from Robin. Like if no, you, if you were, know, the you new Robin's what? actually been pretty cool. He's really cool. I'm saying yeah. if, if you were Robin. And it's like, all right, I'm breaking oh, yeah. out of my own. No, like, if you had Nightwing to run around, is a step up. Yeah, and then in you're in blood short shorts. You're not in Gotham. You're running like your own like minor city in the DC universe. Got to get out. Yeah, sure. Go to Star City. Why don't you? Like, you'll be fine. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I have to say, I have a certain fascination with the with the cities in the DC universe yeah. that aren't 
Gotham or Metropolis mm-hmm. because it seems like they were just like, well, we need somewhere for Flash to be. Yeah, where's Green Arrow going to be? Yeah, where like, does he live? Well, he yeah. can't be in the same town as the other guys. So, yeah. like, like you know, Marvel does a thing where everyone's in New York or you know, everyone's yeah, West in LA. Coast, and East yeah. Coast. They very much have like a, a, a hip hop sort of feeling. But, but, but I love. There's that, no Midwest Marvel team. Even, is what I'm saying. Never even thought. Uh, what there was the Great Lakes Avengers. Oh, that's right. And there was, and we've got Alpha Flight in Canada. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. Yeah, like Star City is that? Is that like you know? Is that basically Kansas City? Is is that where we're at? Is that I Chicago? I, I would think it's like something like Chicago. Okay. That's, I mean, I always pictured it in the middle. There, there have been some <laughs> funny maps that people have made where it's like, I used to have, the... I used to have a DC role playing, like tabletop role playing game. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Can you bring it in? I had no idea where it is anymore. Oh. I wish I did because it had all sorts of, what was mind blowing about it though, was that it integrated all of the Watchmen stuff into it. Like the oh, Watchmen, wow. the Watchmen characters. Like that was the first time I didn't read Watchmen when it first came out. So like characters like Rorschach and you know uh, Night Owl were mm-hmm. showing up as like characters and like with stats and stuff that were comparable to all of the DC universe stuff. And so you could conceivably have like Superman fight or like you know yeah, Batman fight Rorschach or whatever. And it was mm-hmm. just like so so weird and so baffling. And I believe they had a map in there. That showed like okay, this is where Star City is. This is where mm-hmm. Gotham is. This is where Metropolis is. I wish I still had that. Anyways, I'm sorry. No, don't don't be sorry. No, I mean you. I I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Are we finished? No, again, like, like, <laughs> like, like I go for I, our podcast is go for two hours. So no, like, no, 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 no. We're not doing. I don't think anybody wants to listen to us. So um, I'm, just, I'm still oh, just warming up. Co- comic this. book readers have a short attention span, so. So you're gonna close this out. Let's hear a close so, out. Okay. Let's hear your professional close out. My oh, great! Thanks yeah. for putting me on the spot. That's great. <laughs> Thanks. So I guess that's it. We didn't really talk about new comics. Um, we had a lot of um, Comic Con was on. We can we can get to new comics next week. Yeah, we'll do that next week, and then we'll pick up with the stump G Man stuff next week. So if you guys want to send me your questions, you can continue to do so. And um, how would they do so, Sarah? They would they would send it to my uh, PM box that is already really full. And how, so where where is that? It is on my page. <laughs> So so go to Comic Vine <laughs> PM uh, Bat, Bat Girl Babs. You, right. you have to assume it's that right under. I have to assume that they are not. I mean, if they found the podcast, then <laughs> maybe not. I, I I say the name of the email address on the Giant Podcast every week. You, you gotta you gotta nail it home. Like you said, short attention span. Like you can't assume that they get it every time. They might have zoned out for for that moment. So no so, doubt. So PM Batgirl Babs on ComicVine.com if you want to uh, have your question read on this podcast. No and doubt. We'll start it up next week because then everything will be back to normal but thank you so much for being here ryan oh thanks for having me it was an absolute blast dave slash captain cascader you can call me spaderman spaderman okay sure but that means you're gonna have to go shopping at tj maxx i've already got a i'm on comic vine as spaderman that's that's my username find me there so go harass me awesome so thanks guys and um we'll talk to you next week so that's it 